0: Welcome to CropSense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, we have Jenny Carlio, Area Specialized Agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Good morning, Jenny. Thanks for coming back on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jacob.
0: So today, we're going to talk about deer damage, which it seems to be a much bigger problem in the last few years for some reason. So I guess let's start off with why does deer damage seem to be becoming a bigger and bigger issue every year?
1: Well, in North Carolina, we have a situation where we are seeing an increase in suburban areas. So as new houses are being built, that is encroaching on the deer's natural habitat in the woods. So as we clear forests to build new housing developments and shopping areas, We are encroaching on their habitat, and also it's almost like a buffet for them. So they come in, um, they can eat whatever they want, and their populations continue to grow. And then since we're encroaching on their habitat, we're seeing them more often, less places to hide, less places to stay. And the more familiar the herd will get with uh, interacting with humans, and the less afraid of us they become, the more we're going to see them.
0: So if you drive around fields, you'll often see things on the side of the fields or hanging up along the wood line. Is that a good strategy for trying to control these, this deer damage?
1: Yeah, there's really three categories of things we can do um, to reduce uh, reduce deer damage to our fields. And the first one is disruption. So that would fall under disruption. The second one is exclusion. And the third one is termination. So in disruption, trying to deter them, that's effective because what we're trying to do is make them uncomfortable. Deer will settle anywhere that they have ample food, ample shelter, and ample water. And if we can keep them kind of questioning whether or not they're safe in that area, if we can reduce their access to food, shelter, or water, that's going to help us keep them out and maybe even keep the populations a little bit lower if, if we're very effective at doing that.
0: So what are some different techniques for, for disruption?
1: So for disruption, you can use some of these deterrents. We've got a lot of different products on the market, different sprays, different things that smell certain ways, and um, those sometimes are effective, There's no silver bullet, so you're never going to find a product that you can apply to your soybeans that will be effective year after year because the herd will not only learn that that product does not kill them, but they will also teach, somehow teach their young or train their young that it is safe to eat, but they can be effective at times. So if you do find a product that is effective at deterring deer from eating your crop, um, you can continue to do that until you see a little bit of nibbling on the edge of the field. Once you see the deer begin to feed on the edge of that field, as long as it doesn't make them sick, they will eventually, probably in the next few days, come back and do a major feeding on that area. You can also uh, change our crop rotations or the plant crops that we plant in certain areas Soybeans are very susceptible to deer. They're so nutritious and uh, they're palatable to the deer. We can rotate to corn or some other crops sometimes, but that's not always feasible for our grain farmers. And then as for shelter, one thing we can do is make sure that there's no high grass in the area. We can be sure not to plant our crop right up to the wood line because we want the deer to be afraid to cross an open area. Deer have eyes on the sides of their heads because they have, they need to have a a wider range of view since they are often killed by wild animals or humans. But that is an advantage to us because it also means that they will scare more easily if we have a a large clearing that we can keep on the outside of the field between where their shelter is in the woods. And we can also clean up brush, too, around the farm that they might end up... uh, sleeping in. And then as for water, sometimes this works in in other areas for other wildlife. I haven't really seen anyone um, put this practice into place here, but if we have water on our farm where they are using that as a water source for drinking, uh, we can also try to exclude even just fence in that area where they might be having access to water as well.
0: So in your experience, how effective are metal pie plates or trash bags or like uh, some folks use ivory soap and pantyhose on the edge of the fields. So how either successful or unsuccessful do those things tend to be?
1: I think they're usually not too successful. I have heard way more incidences of people uh, putting a lot of effort into those kinds of deterrents and then having the deer really not care at all. The name of the game here is really just to keep the deer guessing, keep them uncomfortable, keep them thinking that something is going to bother them, but once they get used to it, it's really not going to be effective for that herd now or ever again.
0: I think the next thing on your list was exclusion. Can you talk about what exactly that would look like?
1: Sure. So exclusion, essentially that's excluding the deer from being able to come on the farm at all. And this is a, a really effective method, but it is not economically feasible unless there's some kind of government or assistance program. And what I mean by exclusion is, is really fencing. So a fence, uh, a minimum of eight feet tall, so that's going to be a 12-foot post. If we can put those up around the perimeter of a field, it is shown to be effective. It's, it's just so extremely expensive that the only way we can really afford to implement a program like that is if there is a wide, a large program, usually government sponsored, to, for the purpose of protecting farmers from uh, deer damage or from wildlife damage.
0: So I have seen fields where people have the you know the wood line fenced off, but it seems like along the road they leave that open. Is do you have to enclose the entire field? And what kind of gates are we talking about as far as trying to get equipment? in and out.
1: Yeah, so for the edge of the field, you know, as long as the deer figure out that that is an open area, they will come in there. Sometimes um, the fencing that has slats in the ground where their hooves, they don't like to walk across it, that's really effective for keeping them out. You can actually keep the fence open, uh, the gate open, you know, all day if that grate on the ground is effective i've seen that work very successfully but those gates um if you're gonna try to fit a combine through them you know they're going to be a pretty big gate and that is going to be very expensive as well
0: i'm not aware of those government funded programs for north carolina do government programs like that exist in other parts of the country where deer damage is a big issue
1: yes when i lived in new jersey the department of agriculture got together and got a very large amount of money for the purpose of uh, setting up this fencing program. And in order to participate in that program, the farmers had to get trained on wildlife management and also on the fence construction. And then the farmers would build the fence according to very specific fencing that would um, ensure protection from the deer, and they would get partially reimbursed. But... um, the state obviously couldn't afford to fence in all of the farms. And in in North Carolina, we have even more farms and even larger farms, and we would need even more fencing.
0: Yeah, and especially all the small fields we have throughout different parts of the state. That would be a lot of little fences or a lot of big fences to go around a lot of little fields. So I guess that brings us to your last comment there, and that was, I believe, termination.
1: Yes, so... Managing herds and managing the populations is going to be the most effective thing that we can do as farmers. It's really uh, going to have to be a, a community effort if we want to get these populations down to an acceptable level. Now, of course, we have the opportunity to get these um, depredation permits. And I know, I don't know anyone who likes using these but it it can be effective in helping to reduce the numbers. There's also some different wildlife management regulations that we could consider for hunting. Hunting is essentially the most effective way to reduce the populations for them. There are some opportunities that farmers can take as landowners. There might be programs or opportunities that you could open certain areas of your farm to hunters. If you are going to open your farm to hunters, they really like to have a density of 40 head per square mile in order to feel like it's worth it for them to go out there and and to participate in that kind of program. You could enlist your neighbors in herd driving. And also I did hear about something I thought was kind of interesting with a hunter mentoring program. So we have all these uh, newcomers to the state who may not be familiar with hunting, might be looking for Uh, an additional hobby or might be interested but might not have anybody to teach them how to hunt. And if um, they're in your area, you might be able to set up a hunter mentoring program to get more hunters uh, out there and if they're in the woods to help us manage this herd population.
0: So should we be focusing on the does more so or just whatever deer we can kill?
1: Yeah, focusing on does would help more with the population because does will often have two babies, but hunters really are looking for uh, the bucks. So if we can get more of those does terminated or removed from the populations, we have a a better chance of reducing these populations more quickly. So we do need to increase our our doe termination, but that would take some uh, regulation changes.
0: Is there anything we haven't covered as far as deer and soybeans and them damaging soybeans that you think – our listeners need to need to consider
1: yes one thing that i see farmers doing most often is not planting soybeans in certain fields and and sometimes the only alternative that they have is to plant corn and i'm starting to even see now the corn crop suffering because it's been corn on corn for too many years in a row but the farmers are having a really hard time uh, planting any soybeans in there at all so I, I definitely think that we need to be careful to manage our crop rotations and and take the whole farm into consideration when you are talking about deer management.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Jenny, discussing uh, deer damage and soybeans. Thank you,
1: Jacob.
0: If you have any questions regarding deer damage, feel free to reach out to your local Cooperative Extension agent and they'll be happy to answer any questions. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five star review. And as always, thanks for listening to Crop Sense because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.